Welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer, your snack-sized guide to being your own boss and building a business and life you love. I'm your host, Louise Shanahan. My LinkedIn bio says I'm a freelance health copywriter, but for the next 15 minutes, I'll be tickling your ears with practical strategies, behind-the-scenes stories and nuggets of wisdom so you can create a freelance business that works for you. Whether you're just starting out or you've been self-employed for a while, I'll be right here with you to help you navigate the ups and downs of freelancing life. So grab a coffee, relax, and join me for 15 minutes of freelancing fun. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hello everyone, Louise here. Now you know I love a little productivity hack. Well, I don't love the word hack, actually, I should say, but I do love being organised, and I especially love hearing about how other people stay organised and productive, and I have a feeling that many listeners do too. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode with my guest today, Bonnie Harrington, who is a freelance writer, Pomodoro enthusiast and host of Tomato Tuesdays, which I think will become clear as our conversation goes on. (laughs) Hi, Bonnie. Welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with Pomodoros then. I'm sure lots of listeners will have heard of this, but some might not have and may be wondering what tomatoes have to do with productivity and being organised. So could you maybe give us an overview? What's the Pomodoro technique and why do you love it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So the Pomodoro technique is a system for productivity, but also time management. So it was invented by somebody who was Italian, the name Pomodoro, Italian word for tomato. That's why it's called that because he used a tomato-shaped timer in his kitchen when he invented this technique. Um, And the idea is that you work for 25 minutes solidly without any interruptions on one task, and then you have a five-minute break. And ideally, you do four Pomodoros in a row. So it's quite simple, really. And I love how basic he is with coming up with the name. Like, it's a timer and it's shaped like a tomato. So there we go. (laughs) Actually, one of the reasons I absolutely love it is because you don't need any gadgets. You don't need any apps. You just need you and a timer. And it doesn't even need to be on your smartphone. It could just be a kitchen timer. Um, Actually, I think it was invented in the 80s. So there wouldn't have been smartphone apps even when it was invented. So just the most basic equipment you need. And then that's you. You're ready to get productive and manage your time. And do you think it matters that it's 25 minutes? Could you do longer sessions? Well, one of the reasons it works really well is because you get really focused in the 25 minutes and you really concentrate. So, and then you do four of those sessions. And if you do longer, it is exhausting and you get really tired. So I would say 25 minutes is probably the max, but maybe you could change it to do only three Pomodoros and make them 35 minutes, for example. I do think it's up to you how you can customise it to fit you and how you work. But yeah, traditionally, it's 25 minute sprint with a five minute break. Mm. So, I mean, obviously, I love bite-sized actions. That's why I've gone for a 15-minute podcast. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I actually really enjoy using Pomodoro Timer when I'm doing deep work sessions because that allows me to kind of break the work down into small chunks but still have breaks and work for a decent chunk of time overall. I'm wondering what kind of task you use Pomodoro for. What do you think it's most useful for? I mean, honestly, it's limitless. It's it, You can use it for so many different things. I personally like to use it to encourage me to do things that I don't like to do. <laughs> so I don't like scheduling my content. It's something that I will always put off because there's always much more fun things to do. So I try to use Pomodoro time, which is focused and it feels really quick to get those kind of tasks that I don't like doing done. I also like to do it for use it for tasks that 
seem to drain my time. So I can spend ages in my email inbox, maybe procrastinating, maybe getting distracted. And if I just say, no, I've got one pomo, let's blitz this email inbox, get this task done. It does feel like everything's a lot more manageable and achievable. But people use it for so many different reasons. Um, I also use it for time tracking. So I know that if I sit down and I'm going to write a blog that's 1500 words, for example, I can see that that's taken me six Pomodoros so I can get an idea of how long something's taken me. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, it's good for if you're putting together a proposal or a quote, especially if you're somebody, I'm really guilty of going, oh, that'll take me half an hour. And actually it's to do it properly, whatever it will be, like admin, I think, oh, I can put the quote together. I'll send an invoice quickly. It'll take me 10 minutes. And actually to sit and do it properly, it will take a little longer. So if you give yourself a Pomodoro time, you can really track how long things really do take you, which I love. And the other thing is that I can be guilty of... I love journaling, for example, and I can often think I haven't got time for that, even though I know that it's something I enjoy and something that's really useful to me. I can think, oh, no, there's no time in the day. But if I can flip my mindset to be, I'll do one Pomodoro of journaling, that's only 25 minutes and it feels really achievable and it feels like I have time to fit that in. So, yeah, it's a really limitless tool to use for productivity and time management. Mm, that's really clever. I like the idea of using it for time tracking to see how long does it actually take me to do these tasks. And then as a way to make time for things that are important to you, but you maybe wouldn't think you could squeeze in normally. But this idea of using it to help you break down tasks, and maybe if you feel like you have writer's block or some, you know, sometimes I use it for that. It's quite helpful. You think, okay, I'm not getting on well with this article. I've done the research, so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to do this. Let's just set the timer on for 25 minutes and I'm going to get the introduction done. And then once you've broken it down, you've made it manageable. It's sometimes just the thing that you need to get you started because it can, a task can feel overwhelming or it can feel, you can be procrastinating for a bunch of different reasons. But if you just think, I'll just do one pomo, I'll just do this bit in this one pomo and suddenly you're going and it all is a lot, a lot easier. Yeah, it makes it feel manageable, doesn't it? And I think it's quite nice because it's giving you permission to have that downtime for five minutes in between. So if you're someone who gets distracted easily or you end up scrolling on Twitter when you should be working, that's actually okay. You could still do that, but you've got your little five minutes slot for it. (laughs) Thing is, that happens sometimes in the Pomodoro co-working session that I run, that sometimes we'll come back to talk about in our five minute break and someone say, oh, I wasn't very good in that Pomo. I just, I got really distracted and I messed around. And you, it, that that's okay because what that works even with the Pomo situation where you've only done it for 25 minutes. So what I think can be a real time drain is like, like Twitter, you said social media, you can find an hour has just been slowed up in like, so easily by you not really doing anything. But if you're using the Pomodoro method, even if you got distracted, that timer is going off in 25 minutes, it's going to jolt you back into what you're supposed to be doing. So It's not ideal. You should be focused, ideally. Um, But it means that, you know, even any distractions are time limited. So these co-working sessions that you mentioned, these are the Tomato Tuesdays, is that right? That's right. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about how you use pommels in a co-working setting. It's honestly magic. I would be so lost without them. We meet on Zoom and everyone kind of joins and we chat for the first 10 minutes just while everyone's getting settled. And in that first 10 minutes, I will ask people what they're working on today because I'm nosy, but also because it's for accountability. So there's something magic happens when you say, I'm going to work on this today. And then you just do that. It's great. And it's also great for networking because there'll be all different freelancers in the, in the call. So 
you know, there will be a photographer, there will be a copywriter, quite a few copywriters, there'll be uh, web developers, so we can all hear what we're up to. And then I set the timer, everyone is muted, so we work in absolute silence for 25 minutes, and then the timer goes off for me, nobody else hears it, and then I unmute myself, and I've learned very gently to say, guys, we've done our 25 minutes, <laughs> because people get really in the zone, they can like make them jump, if I'm like, hey, hey just give them a break. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, then we, we chat for five minutes, and we discuss how we're getting on, and we you know, confess if we've got distracted, which doesn't happen very often. But we normally what people say is, God, that wasn't 25 minutes, was it? Because they've got loads done, but the time has felt like it's gone really quickly. And yeah, we I make sure I put the time wrong for the five minute break so we don't get too distracted with the chatting. And then we go back into the 25 minutes again. So we do that four times in total. I think that's a nice distinction between the benefits of co-working in person versus co-working virtually because obviously in person the advantages are that you're networking you're getting out of the house you might meet some potential clients but with the virtual one it's more about well you still get some of those benefits obviously and you're seeing how others work but it's that accountability isn't it like you have to get some work done because you're going to have to report it to someone in 25 minutes exactly and like you're not in trouble if you haven't done it but it is something <laughs> uh, there is something magic about saying oh I only got this much done and being like so next time I'm going to do this instead. And so it like, it's, it's a really helpful conversation. And I always find if I'm co-working in person, I love co-working in person. It's a really important thing to do, especially for the reasons you said, but I never get as much done as I think I'm going to, because I will help myself to the free tea and coffee and I will wander around and look out the window. And it's much more about meeting people, getting out of the house and it's brilliant. But with the virtual one I tend to get way way more done and it is very productive which is one of the reasons I love it. So do you have any other favorite tools or systems that you would recommend to help freelancers stay organized stay productive and perform at their best? Well I've got two things and neither of them are very groundbreaking (laughs) but the first one is that I would really recommend everyone prioritizes rest. I've noticed that um if I rest properly, then I am better at my job. Um, but it's taken me a long time to learn that lesson. And I think I felt at the beginning of my freelancing career that I had to do everything and I had to be like on all the time. And actually prioritizing rest means you're going to do a better job, especially because freelancers tend to be creative types and the act of being creative can be exhausting. I read a really good quote the day from Dolly Alderton, the novelist, and she said writing, obviously thinking from a copyright point of view, but writing is really hard and you've got to do, it's like your brain is doing a crossword puzzle every time you write a sentence. So rest, <laughs> for sure. But my other non-groundbreaking piece of advice is to definitely outsource what you can outsource. Because if we were traditionally employed, we wouldn't be doing everything ourselves for that whole company we would be doing our job really really well so personally I use an accountant and I've got software to help my client onboarding process I work with a website developer to help with my website so yeah I think sometimes as freelancers we've got to be thinking that we've got to do everything and we just don't so looking after yourself and outsourcing and resting is best way to do your job properly I think. Yeah, that's such an important point. And it's that's where the difference is between, or one of the differences anyway, between working for yourself and working in a more traditional work setting where you wouldn't actually be on all the time doing the sort of concentrating work. You would have meetings, you would be, you know, wandering to someone else's desk. Well, maybe this is just my experience. <laughs> 
it's okay if your workday is a little bit shorter as a freelancer because you're probably working more of those hours than if you were in a nine to five job and you've got time to go and get coffees in between and things like that. There's a little bit more downtime, I think. One thing that I wanted to bring up with you is when I was looking at your website before we had this conversation, I noticed that you have a section that says, I'd love to work with you if, and then you've got this lovely list of descriptions of your ideal client, you know, to do with the work that they do, to do with the type of organizations that they are. But I also really like that you'd added in there about them being responsive to emails and quick to pay and things like that. I thought that's such a lovely way to set some boundaries, but also set expectations about the way that you like to work. And I imagine that helps you to stay organized and productive too. I wonder if you could say a bit more about that. That little section was just because I know that it can be a little bit bewildering when you start working with a freelancer about how it all works and what am I supposed to do and what do they do? And it can be a bit overwhelming. So I thought if I could list things about people that mean that well the relationship will work well if this happens that's kind of the point of the the bullet point so I also really care about working with people that work in sustainable industries and work in creative independent businesses so you know I wanted to make them feel welcome when they came to our website and they were mentioned straight away and things like responding quickly to emails and paying invoices quickly these things make relationships better and it means that everything's a lot more positive so but I don't think anybody forgets to do those things on purpose I don't think anyone's no client is going oh I'm just going to ignore that email just to annoy that copywriter (laughs) they're they're definitely thinking I've got loads of things to do and they're not maybe realizing the consequences of not getting those feedback edits back to you in time or not getting those things done or sending over the information when they said they were so those things are just there to prompt people and help people know how the whole thing works while also um, making them feel welcome when they come to my website. Mm. Yeah, I think it's nice to give people the benefit of the doubt, isn't it? I'm sure you're not trying to be tricky customers, are they? You know, I actually think when it comes to things like feedback, people are thinking, I want to give this the attention that it deserves. So I'm going to come back to that later. And then that's what leads to the delay. Exactly that. They're not trying to be difficult or hold up the process. It's just life gets in the way. (laughs) It's quite quick to put together and it will hopefully make the boundaries of the relationship very clear, literally from the first moment. And I think the, the other important thing to remember with all of this is that no two freelancers are the same, no two clients are the same. So understanding how you work best, how your clients work best and setting out the systems and the expectations and communicating all of that from the start is always going to make things run a lot more smoothly, isn't it? Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bonnie. That's been really interesting. I always love hearing how other people organise their work. If people want to join in on Tomato Tuesdays or just come and say hi to you, where can they find you yeah they can find me on i'm on instagram and on twitter words by bonnie you can find me on linkedin at bonnie harrington my website is where the links are to sign up for tomato tuesdays so you can find me at wordsbybonnie.com and there's a, a little link and once you sign up you'll get the zoom link directly into your emails for every tuesday morning or tuesday afternoon whichever one you pick um yeah it'll be lovely to connect with people Oh, that's lovely. Yes, I'm definitely going to get that in my diary and come along to one soon. (laughs) You do. You'd be very welcome. Oh, thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. As always, please like, share, follow, support the podcast if you feel so compelled. It does make such a difference to help get the podcast into more people's ears who might find it useful. So until next time, happy freelancing. You've been listening to 15 Minute Freelancer with me, Louise Shanahan, freelance health copywriter and content marketer at thecopyprescription.com. 
If you enjoyed this, please hit subscribe, leave a review or share it with a freelance friend. And if you've got a freelancing question you want answered on the podcast, find me and say hi on Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks and until next time, happy freelancing!